this is Real Souls with Peggy Bennett. This is a show where one of the things I talk about is how to manifest your best life. And I thought of Jessica Butts. I'm so excited to have her on. She's an entrepreneur, author, and life and business coach. Um, One of the things you'll listen to is her personal journey, and hopefully it will inspire you to look at your own. So here's my interview with Jessica Butts. Well, welcome to um, Real Souls Podcast. I'm so excited to have um, with me virtually um, Jessica Butts. She is um, just amazing. Her her energy is just um, contagious, and I so wanted her and so excited to have her on my podcast. She is an entrepreneur, life business coach, author, keynote speaker, trainer, and retired psychotherapist, and I'm sure the list goes on from there. I know she also does some amazing retreats, and that's actually how I heard about her, because a couple gals said, oh my gosh, you should go to one of her retreats. So she's um, very well known in Seattle, um, as far as I know, and probably in other parts of the area, including in the future, possibly some retreats in Hawaii, I understand. Anyway, um, without further ado, here's Miss Jessica. Hi, everybody. Super, super excited to be here. Thank you, Peggy, so much for asking me to do this. I'm excited. Oh, great, great. Well, I want to, I know you've written a couple books. One I purchased not so long ago, and it's called Don't Do Stuff You Suck At. (laughs) And I have to say, I love that title. Um, I love how direct you are. And just the title alone was just like, okay, I have to read this book. Yeah, I'm a straight shooter. That's for sure. (laughs) Um, And I um, just, um, one of my very favorite things on the, in the book was what got me to, love it and want to read it was actually in the very beginning of it. It was um, kind of written for, um, it was entitled Letters to My Readers. Mm-hmm. And it in it, you are so powerfully vulnerable. And mm-hmm. so right from the start, it just connected me to you. And I just thought, okay, this is really powerful. And what I always love to learn about is how did you get from where you are today. And can you go kind of into that? um, If you remember kind of your background and what you put into that um, letters to my readers. Yeah, I certainly remember. It's just a question of how long is this show? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's most people's defining moment. So it's, it's a hard one to forget. Um, yeah, I'm like a lot of people. I uh, I grew up, uh, I was definitely a weirdo. I just didn't know I was a weirdo at the time. I grew up very, very different from my family. I went to traditional school. I went to college. I married the guy. I did the thing. I did what I was supposed to do, using air quotes on a podcast. Um, and about uh, mid-30s, my life just completely blew up in my face. Uh, I had some real issues with my uh, husband. He was having affairs, uh, had addiction problem, came home one day and told me he didn't want to be married to me anymore. And I just had to take a good, real hard look at my life. So everything kind of just blew up in my face and I needed to make some changes. I was ridiculously uninspired in my career. I was living a life for other people. It was not the life that I think God designed for me, but I was just kind of going along to get along. Um, My marriage was whatever it was, kind of a mess, kind of fine, whatever. 
So I kind of just said, fuck it. And I quit my, uh, my really beautiful career at the time was making a lot of money and was doing pretty well. Uh, quit that, uh, decided to also leave my husband, um, after a lot of, lot of mess and all of this, you know, took a very long time. So anybody listening, don't be, you know, all that inspired. It took, it took, <laughs> my, it took you know, six years for me to do all of this. Uh, but in my mid thirties, I just turned my life completely upside down and started, uh, went back to graduate school, became a psychotherapist and really helped couples um, go through the work uh, that I was going through with my ex-husband. It was just, it was an incredibly traumatic time. And I remember being with my therapist thinking, you know, you're good at this, but you don't, you don't get it. Like you don't get it, get it kind of a thing. Uh, and so that's part of why I just share my story. And part of why I'm vulnerable is that, you know, I, I'm exactly like everybody else. I've been through the traumas. I've been through the hard times. Um, I've been broke, 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 broke. You know, when I left, I left with, I just left. I had nothing. And I've had to build my entire life back up from absolutely nothing. And a big, 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 huge part of that are my books. It's about my personality type. So I've been obsessed with type since I was about 20 years old. And uh, in that in that suppression time is what I call it, letting my life suppress me and my career suppress me and my ex-husband suppress me. Um, I came out of it and just basically became unapologetically who I was, which is a goofball and uh, just transparent and open and an ENFJ all the way. And um, from that moment on, basically for the last five years, that's all I've been doing is just blossoming and growing and you know, screwing up along the way and falling down and getting back up and figuring it out and written two books since then and left my psychotherapy practice. Now I coach and travel around the country and speak on this because it's obviously a topic that's resonating with a lot of people, you, your listeners, people around the country, companies like it fascinates me that companies hire me to basically come in and tell their employees that they suck at certain things <laughs> and that they should be doing something else. And it's just, there is this awakening process going on. Um, I think in our community in our country and possibly even our world. So I, you know, I'm just happy to be on this journey with everybody else. Wow. So, um, uh, scoot back a little bit as far as, was there something where, you just kind of um, had some inner peace within yourself and listened to your inner voice? Or uh, was there one or two things that, um, what made you um, do the action as far as quit your job and leave your husband? And um, um, so many people get paralyzed. Was there yeah. one or two things that stood out where you actually took action? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, and I, I don't know if you could hear me. I was kind of chuckling on the other side of it because uh, I wish it was that easy, you know, and I'll be honest, because I think there's a lot of people that think there's like this magic moment when, oh, God came down and everything <laughs> like the seas parted and everything was clear. And, you know, I, I wish it was that way, but it wasn't. It was, uh, it was multiple, multiple, multiple years, six years to be exact of praying asking for God for a sign, 
getting the sign, ignoring it, and then repeating that pattern, what felt like about a dozen or two dozen times, just ignoring it, ignoring it, ignoring it. Um, and finally, it, it, I, I, I don't know if it was one moment, I think it was multiple moments of uh, the universe, whatever you believe in, I believe in universe and, and God, uh, that he was just steering me in this new direction saying, you got to go do this. And so when I finally made the choice and just said, I got to do this. I have to leave. I have to go to school. I've got to change my life. Since then, I will tell you, Peggy, every single thing has been in alignment. Mm. So was there one or two magical moments? No, I ignored it for years. I tried to push against it. I tried to do it my own way. Um, and it doesn't work that way. And so, it, you know, I think I'm just like everybody else that we have to struggle through it. We have to get clear. We have to make sure that we made the right choice. Uh, you know, and it's funny because I'm still good friends with my ex-husband and we were having lunch the other day and you know, he even said, he was like, it's so weird to me sometimes that we're divorced. And I, my response to him always is, I so needed it though. Like mm -hmm. I needed my I needed that. It's not that, you know, maybe we don't, didn't even not love each other. It just, I needed that space to become who I was. Um, and so I, I will say on the other side of it, Peggy, it's been more clear. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is they're so fearful of the other side. And what I would say is you just, you just have to go. You have to make a step in that direction, whatever it is for that clarity to come. I love that. I love that. And that is so true that the universe is tapping on our shoulders at times. All the time. <laughs> and sometimes we're not aware of it until it really makes an obvious <laughs> push I mean, comes I, to shove. Yeah. I used to joke, I have a I think I have a pretty funny relationship with God. Like we talk pretty <laughs> funny and I get mad at him sometimes. Like we worry you just have a funny relationship. And I I just I used to joke that he's got to be up there just exhausted. I mean, I'm ridiculous. Like how many times can I possibly keep asking for a sign? And I think he was just up there just completely disgusted with me. But anyway. <laughs> oh my gosh. So the, um, so your um, book about don't do the stuff you suck out is yeah. primarily um, for business owners, entrepreneurs. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, so I have three main areas that I focus on. So the name of my business is called Front Seat Life, uh, which is all about helping people be unapologetically who they are in their life, their love, and their business. So my first book, Live Your Life from the Front Seat, is really a take on Myers-Briggs. Uh, so I've been uh, obsessed with personality type for like 25 years, I mean, since I was 20. Uh, and that book is really all about figuring out who you are. It's the basic basis of my work. And I've taken a spin on Myers-Briggs and kind of put my own spin on it called the Front Seat Life thing. Um, and then the Don't Do Stuff You Suck At is absolutely for entrepreneurs. So it's for those people who want to change the world, who think outside the box, who want to live differently, who have their own businesses. Uh, and it's taking the stuff, the similar stuff, but putting it into uh, a, a, a 
um, language basically for for um, for entrepreneurs. And then it has a whole nother feature of it, uh, which is you know, my three S method, which is system structure and singular focus um, and helping people, the P's basically that are very spontaneous, go with the flow kinds of people uh, kind of get their shit together, you know, quit just dreaming about stuff and teaching them real tools on how to actually get things done in their business and their life. Um, and then my last obsession, um, I was a couples counselor for years. I still, even though I'm single now, I'm obsessed with love, love people to be in love, <laughs> love for people to have amazing relationships and be in better relationships. And my next relationship will certainly be better because of it, um, is taking that work from being a couples counselor and my work uh, with Live Your Life from the Front Seat and writing the, uh, the newest book, which is going to call be called Love Me for Who I Am. And it's taking um, personality types and talking about it in terms of uh about intimate relationships. So, oh, and I can't uh, wait to read that. Now, when, yeah. when is that yeah. expected out? Oh, gosh. do you have any idea? I, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. I'm so in the beginning stages. So based on the other two books, uh, sadly, probably not for another two years. This is the process I did with both. It's interesting. There's so much, uh, there's so much that goes into it of just processing and thinking about it and doing a, a just mind dump over and over and over. And then it's actually the writing process. And I have found that the writing process is less difficult than the first process. And then also the editing, the editing for someone like me is a real bitch. <laughs> <laughs> real I bitch. love it. I love it. So um, let's talk about what I think is so fascinating. And you have great terms for it, the driver, the co-pilot, yeah. the drunk yeah. uncle, and the baby in the back seat. Talk a little yeah. about that. Yeah, so Myers-Briggs uh, is just brilliant. It's the most widely used uh, personality assessment in, in the world. Uh, it's built off of the work from Myers and Briggs. And it's just, again, it's, the, it's, the, it's, the, it's a fantastic tool, the MBTI, Myers-Briggs Type Indicator. However, part of the problem with it is everybody uh, uh, forgets it or confuses it or they can't remember their letters. And so they don't use it. And so to me, that's such a travesty because it's such an amazing tool. So many, many, many years ago, like six years ago, I had to do a workshop and I had to come up with this idea so that people could understand their best selves and their worst selves. And so uh, this car analogy came to me and one of my dear friends was actually in the audience that day and I got done and she just went, what was that car thing? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Was it terrible? And she goes, no, it was freaking brilliant. And I was like, oh, oh, baby, oh who knew? And it's just amazing how that has turned into kind of these books and a business and speaking and all of this stuff. So the idea really is the foundations of, of, of the work that Myers and Briggs did. Uh, and it's taking your innate self. It's taking your very, very best self and thinking of it as your front seat. So everybody, everybody has the things that are they are innately good at. So God-given talents, if you want to think about if, think about it that way. We are all born into this world with our personality types, period, end of story. And when we live according to how we were designed, I think you would agree, life is just simply easier. But the problem is most people don't know what that is. Like the Brené Browns and the Danielle Laportes and all of my favorite authors and speakers and women in this world, they talk about this thing, but my 
but most people don't know what the hell that is. They don't know what they're good at. So with the free assessment that's on my website, jessicabutts.com, through my books, through things, I show you exactly what it is. I mean, I lay it out um, in the book so that you can see based off of your personality type, what these four passengers are. So the driver is your very, very best self. You think about this person in charge of your life, running your life, being in control. Uh, and this is absolutely how God designed you. Your co-pilot, the analogy is when you're on a long road trip, you need a co-pilot. You need someone there to help you with directions and to help you get your snacks and to help you with the GPS <laughs> and, the and, you know, and to talk you along your way. Your front seat is comprised always of introvert and extrovert, always, meaning every single one of us, no matter what your best self is, has a balance between the two. So there's a lot of extroverts in the world that think, oh, I can never be introverted. I always have to give my best to other people. And that's not true because... 80% of the time, you want the people in your front seat running your life. Those two people, not just one. So they really balance each other out. For example, I'm an ENFJ, which means my two people in my front seat are extroverted feeling an introverted intuition. And, and my book outlines this. So you can just literally go look yourself up and know exactly what I'm talking about that my very best self, my driver is giving to other people. It is building relationships, uh, connecting with them, inspiring people, being inspired. That's all about my front seat. And then my co-pilot, my second best self, but equally important is in my head, introverted and all kinds of ideas, thinking outside the box, creativity, writing books, running companies, just those are my best selves. Anytime I can be that person, be those two people in my front seat, life is easier. I make more money. I sleep better. Everything just flows. Everything flows. So anyone I love that. whatever your front seat is, your driver and co-pilot, those are your best selves. And then you asked about the, the you know, the dreaded vaccine right. drivers, right? <laughs> of course. And so these are the people that are all about what the second book is about. Don't do stuff you suck at. So while we are all designed to do things that we're great at, we're also, we also have things in our lives that we innately are really, really terrible at. And the drunk uncle analogy is like doing something drunk. You know, no one's going to sit down and do a podcast or uh, write a book or have a difficult conversation or do the books for their company drunk. No one's going to do that. That's a terrible life choice, right? No one's going to do that. It's awful. Um, and when we spend too much time doing things that we suck at, Pat, Peggy, I know this about you because you're trying to learn the details of, of a podcast and all right. of the details. And what happens when we spend too much time doing stuff that we suck at, like a drunk person, what happens is our baby in the back seat wakes up. And for those of you who have babies, you know that they're underdeveloped. They have no verbal communication skills. They're kind of a mess. They're completely codependent. Um, and that's what happens is our baby in the back seat wakes up and she's, she's ridiculous. She's immature. <laughs> she's, she's has terrible verbal com communication skills. She either lashes out and yells at people um, or she hides from the world. That's um, why I've hired Nick over here exactly. at Cloud Studios to help me here. Yeah. <laughs> Those it, little details. Yeah, it begs this concept of we're supposed to be well-rounded and we're supposed to be good at everything. And I say bullshit on that. You were not. 
you know, Peggy, you're, you know, you're excellent at, at doing what you're doing right now. And I'm excellent at doing this and Nick's excellent at doing that. Like we have to have other people to do the things that we suck at for us. That's so true. I love it. Now, um, one thing in your book I loved is, um, because I took the test and I am ENFP, the inspirer. Yep. I kind of assumed you were. Okay. I love it. I love it. You're so good at what you do. Yes. So, um, and it did say, and I'm going to quote from the book, 75% of people can't see what you see. You have a gift that others need. Can you go into that? Yeah. So that's the intuitive piece in particular. So just very quickly, the four dichotomies are introversion and extroversion, which is all about your source of energy, where you get your best energy and you give your best energy. Uh, The second dichotomy is introvert or excuse me, intuitive and sensing. And you'll note that I is already used for introversion. So they use N for intuitive. So N and S, and that's all about how we take in information Uh, The next dichotomy is thinking and feeling. uh, And that's all about how we go about making decisions. Uh, And then the last dichotomy is judging and perceiving and perceivers. uh, This is all about how we like to be organized in the world. So to answer your question in particular is the second dichotomy, which is intuition and sensing N or S. Okay. N's are only 25% of the population, probably the majority of your listeners. Uh, they are predominantly uh, um, and, uh, entrepreneurs. And they again, they're very, very rare. They're only 25% of the population. And in my history of being a therapist and a, and a coach is a good portion of that 25% don't even know this about themselves because society squishes it out of people. So in intuitives in particular have a big picture view, meaning they are able to see patterns. They are able to think outside the box. They are able to see patterns in people and things that other people cannot see. So 75% of the population are sensors. They are factual, concrete, live in the now, good with routine kinds of people. They're good with day to day. They are good with details, data, facts, minutia, and they are also good at living in the here and the now. So think about the majority of people how schools are set up, how nine to five jobs are set up, how we're supposed to take standardized testing. It's just everything is really designed for sensors because the majority of our population are sensors. They are good at seeing right now. Mm -hmm. Intuitives, so to answer your question again about intuitives, we see poof, big picture above all of that. We actually don't like minutia. So for the listeners, if you if you could think of a funnel, uh, sensors live at the bottom of the funnel, the small part, details, data, minutia. Intuitives are, live up at the top of the funnel. Everything is um, somewhat um, uh, head in the clouds, big picture, um, variety, things, seeing things differently, being able to, again, see patterns um, that, uh, that a lot of people cannot see. So in our businesses, being aware that this is not a bad thing, it's actually what I call our moneymaker. 
I mean, it's really, really what sets us apart from other people. So Peggy, um, and the work that you do, being able to see the big picture for your clients, to get out of the data and the minutia of the dating and, and all the things that are going on and be able to see the bigger picture is really, really critical uh, for you and, and all intuitives. I love that. Um, and then towards the end of the book is our things and points that you bring up that are so in line with my thoughts and beliefs. And I love and I want you to just um, have your Jessica take on some of these. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> um, so uh, the first one is gratitude journal. Mm-hmm. So um, everybody has different takes on how they do this. And it definitely has been talked about a lot. But mm-hmm. but what is your, do you have a routine or, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, talk Super to me routine. a little about that. Yeah, so a little big picture, a little background on this. The three w- main ways that I work with people as a coach are who are you, which is your innate personality type, core values, things like that. Where are you going, which is your mindset, long-term uh, gratitude journal, how you go about thinking about things, vision boards, all of that. Um, and then last is how are you going to get there? And that's by taking decisive action, which is the system structure and singular focus. But you know, back to your question, uh, this is kind of the second phase of it is once you figure out who you are, what's important to you, how to design your life, how to design your relationships, learning to set boundaries, learning to let people know who you are, then you have to sit down and start what I call a morning practice. I don't call it that. Lots of people call it that. (laughs) Um, And so a morning practice is is part of that is a gratitude journal. Um, And it's not just a journal. It's really a, 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 it's a mindset. It's a way of being, Um, especially in this day and age with our president and the shootings and everything going on in this world, we can choose to focus on those things or we can choose to focus on what we want to focus on. And part of that is gratitude. So having a vision board and choosing to start my day never by listening to the news. In fact, people might think it's ignorant, but I don't actually watch the news very often. I don't either. If I need to, I do, but I don't fill my head with that shit. It's a bunch of, it's awful. It's awful, awful, awful. And I can get wrapped up in that. I can get wrapped up in negative people. I can get wrapped up in the arguments going on around it, or I can choose to start my day with a practice, which is what you're talking about. So it's journaling. It's a gratitude journal. It's knowing my type. Uh, I read out of Jesus Calling. I do goddess cards. Uh, I read out of Melody Beattie's book, Language of Letting Go, which is about codependency, uh, Alan Cohen's uh, readings. So it's literally choosing to start my day with positivity and optimism and what is important to me. And a huge part of that is gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. Uh, I just did a Facebook Live this morning with Nikki Klosser, who's on my team of experts and a dear friend of mine. Um, and she was, you know, I asked her, what is one of your secrets to success? And she was just like, I believe that I can do it. I just believe I can do it. Mm-hmm. I live this dream life. And a big part of the reason is this, I believe. And, and as human beings, one of the most interesting things about human beings is that we go out and look for supporting evidence. And I don't even know why we do this. We just do this. You know, we talked a lot about this in graduate school, that we go out and surround ourselves with supporting evidence, whether it's the old analogy of I'm going to go buy a green car and then all you see is green cars. If you think you're fat and ugly and stupid, 
your world will start surrounding you with supporting evidence that you're fat and stupid and worthless. If you choose to go around thinking you're phenomenal and you're smart and you're beautiful and you're worthy, you will look for supporting evidence. And part of that is starting with being grateful for what you have, having an abundant mindset, having a prosperity mindset. So all of that is put together. Um, and I just, you know, it's interesting. Cause I think there's a little, you know, I'm not a very woo woo person. I'm actually a pretty concrete person. Like I don't like ethereal. I like concrete. Like don't talk to me in ethereal words. It just does nothing for me. And I, sadly, I think mindset and abundance and gratitude journals and things like that, I think get a bad rap, but here's the deal is I'm a bit of a science girl and the science behind it freaking works. Right. So when you start doing this, when you journal, when you, you know, fill yourself with positive stuff, you will see the results. Um, and so that's what works for me and my clients. I love it. Um, and then you mentioned, um, vision boards. Oh yeah. And, um, I've actually done some vision board parties, which is really a lot of fun. Yeah. It freaks me out that people don't have vision boards or don't even know what a vision board is still like that just (laughs) blows my mind. Um, I've always had one. uh, And and my newest, my newest adventure is uh, I realized you have more idle time than anywhere in your house or in your life than in your bathroom. So I moved mine into my bathroom a few years ago while I'm building potty and I'm drying my hair or put my makeup on or brushing my teeth or whatever you're doing. You have a lot of time in the bathroom. Uh, and so I just stare at my vision board and it's amazing how much of that stuff, uh, starts to come true when you, when it, the power of our subconscious is pretty unbelievable. It gives you the ability to dream. And I'm now doing that with my, um, children too, which is just an amazing exercise. Cause just think of when you were young, if you had that, right. Just dream as big as you want. It's just so powerful. And knowing that we can create that. Right. I mean, that's just the crazy thing about it is we can create really anything we want. And so there's so much science behind this that's, you know, way beyond me. Uh, But yeah, the power of our minds, the power of our beliefs, you know, they say your thoughts equal um, your thoughts, your beliefs equal your actions. Um, And it's absolutely true. So I I have to talk a little about because it's so intriguing that you were um, you are a retired psychotherapist. Yeah. So yeah. Um, t- talk to me a little about that journey. Yeah, uh, the journey truly was uh, my, my divorce. I mean, it's you know it's just amazing to me how life works. I mean, I would have never thought that that would have been my path. Um, I've always known that I wanted to help people. You know, I worked in corporate human resources thinking I was going to help people and realized all I was doing was pushing papers. Sorry, any <laughs> HR people, but uh, you get in thinking that's what you're going to do. And it turns out it has nothing to do with it. Um, and so while I was going through my divorce, I just thought, shit, I would be good at this. Uh, and I just got it in. I just got it in me that this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to help people that were going through addiction because uh, I realized there's so many people who don't know anything about it. They just don't. They don't know the pain of it. They mm. don't understand it. They just oh, just quit drinking. Like what is? It's just the most idiotic thing to say. Um, and and also affairs and just not really understanding. Uh, what that feels like on both on both sides, why he did it and and you know and and my reaction to it. Um, 
And so that's, uh, that's really why I got into all of this. And uh, I was working in HR, I was still married, and he did not want me to go back to school. And uh, I contemplated that for about a minute. And I just said, if you're not going to support me, I don't know what to say about that. But I'm going to do it anyway, like, there's no reason for you to not support this dream. But if you can't do that, um, I can't, I can't, I can't, um, I can't not do this. Um, and so I did, I just quit my job and I went back to school and I just loved every minute of it. And I knew that I, there's actually, there, um, there's a lot of people who can't, don't like, or can't handle couples therapy. It's very, very, very intense. Um, uh, but I'm, a Oh, I could only I, imagine. Oh, it's crazy. Uh, but as you can probably tell, I'm a pretty intense person and I actually loved the energy between two people. I loved watching the nonverbal cues. I loved, mm. um, I actually loved couples therapy. And so I built a very, very successful practice very early on because I was excellent at it and everyone referred to me because no one else wanted to do it. <laughs> and so, I mean, within like three or four months, I had a super, super full practice. Wow. Um, but I, I'm a very, I get uh, bored very, very, very easily. And so, um, that's what so I was going to ask, because I well, could just totally see you doing that. That's why I was curious yeah, on why I you left it. that. Yeah, I loved it. I just, uh, a couple reasons. One is I realized that I had built myself another J-O-B. Like I had no freedom. I was seeing, you know, 10 clients a day. I had no time to do anything. I didn't have time to grocery shop. I didn't have time to do anything. I was totally exhausted. Um, and I was also repeating a lot of the same things in and out of session. And so uh, God put somebody in my life and she was my book coach. And she said to me one day, why don't you try writing a book? And I just laughed in her face, literally laughed in her face. <laughs> As I said, I barely passed my thesis in graduate school. Like you got to be kidding. Uh, and I, she just challenged me and I did it. And I realized that there is a platform uh, and people are hungry for this information. People are hungry to know more about themselves. And uh, I just seem to have good luck at being able to talk about it in a way that uh, um, is relevant to people and relates to people. So um, things have just changed. I, I don't do one-on-one -on -one work anymore. I work with groups and I help entrepreneurs, but uh, the next book will definitely be more love focused and couples focused. And uh, there will be some, definitely some couples retreats coming up soon. Cause I, I, I miss that work. I love um, being able to see the ahas in couples. It's just, um, uh, you know, and I have couples now that were literally, it makes me cry thinking about it, like on the verge of divorce. And mm. now they have babies and they're happy. Oh, and, and I see that. And it just, um, oh. there's few things that make me happier than to see that. And, and knowing uh, just some of the knowledge that I have can can help people. Can make a difference. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty that's amazing. So yeah. talk a little about your retreats, because that's how I kind of heard your name on the street. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I have one huge, huge, huge event a year, meaning it's, it's a lot of work. So it's, uh, it's actually still pretty intimate. It's only 150 people. Um, it's called the front seat life event. Uh, it happens once a year in October. Uh, this year it's going to be October 4th, 5th and 6th. It's here in Seattle. 
Uh, and it's just epic. I mean, it's a bunch of awesome entrepreneurial people coming together, mostly women. I will say it's probably 90-10, but uh, if you're a <laughs> man, you'll know where to be. Um, it's a really uh, intimate, amazing, uh, inspirational, educational, pushing you to the next level kind of event. Um, and I am someone who fully believes in just bringing all the content that I possibly can. So we just go crazy for three days. Uh, and then coming up next year, uh, I am making a huge move to Hawaii and it's oh this is official yeah yeah wow. it's been a life, lifelong dream of mine so it'll be part-time uh half and half uh so I will be uh in Hawaii probably 75% of the time and home in Seattle about 25% of the time so uh Jessica this is so exciting oh my I gosh know. it's very 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 exciting and the question uh, keeps popping up of why not now? And I just, I don't have a good answer. <laughs> now is now. Why not now? Wow. So, uh, I'm doing that and retreats will be coming, couples retreats and women's retreats and entrepreneurial retreats and all of that. But the big, big one um, is coming up in October. Oh, yeah. that is gosh. Yeah. Well, um, in the interest of time, we, yes. we have to wrap it up, but this yes, has been so exciting and you're energy is just contagious. I thank love you. talking to you. You're just thank you. amazing. Thank you, Peggy. And I, I can't, I can't wait for, um, well, <laughs> two years is a long time to wait for your book. So what we're going to do is have you on again yeah, and talk perfect. about love because yes. I have the passion about love also. Yes. So, yes. so yeah, does that just sound like a plan? on that next time. That'll be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome, Peggy. Thank you. And thank you, listeners. It's always uh, it's always an honor to be able to share my passion. So I appreciate people like Peggy giving me the platform to go do that. So um, I've got plenty of platforms as well. But thank you, Peggy. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. And how okay. can people find you? Specifically? Yeah, JessicaButts.com. So it's not any fancy, cute spelling. It's just like <laughs> your butts. So it's B-U-T-T-S, <laughs> Jessica, B-U-T-T-S. Uh, and there's tons and tons and tons of resources and how to work with me, VIP days or groups or events or uh, have an amazing online program. So if people are interested in more of this, uh, I do a video walkthrough literally of my book that's pretty freaking phenomenal. Um, so it's on there. It's called Roadmap to Your Front Seat Life. Great. Well, thank yeah. you, Jessica. Thank you. And thank you, Nick, so much. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> Keeping us on track. Yeah. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.